Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing this morning? Let me hear you nice and loud. I heard the people in the front. I need to hear the people in the back. How y'all doing? Fantastic. Look, if I can come up here and talk to you with hardly any voice at all, you guys have no excuse. Well, good morning. Uh, My name is Jared. I am the lead pastor here at Encounter Church, and uh, I love this moment. I say it all the time because it's true. This is what I live for. I am uh, so excited for today's message. We are in the middle of our new Christmas message series called He Shall Be Called, uh, which we began last week, and it comes from uh, a verse in Isaiah chapter 9, very famous uh, verse that comes from Isaiah that is uh, at Christmas time, and it says, For uh, to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And these are names that are attributed prophetically to Jesus before he was even born. And we're exploring those names uh, in this series. And last week we began the series by talking about how he was a wonderful counselor. A wonderful counselor. We seek his, his attention. We seek his advice and his counsel in our lives. And we said that the big idea was that the counsel of Jesus can be trusted because he understands how we feel because he was fully human, and yet at the same time, he can see perfectly beyond our circumstances because he was fully divine as well. Jesus is the wonderful counselor. And so this week, we're going to continue with the second descriptive name of Jesus, and that is Mighty God. Mighty God. And I believe that this message today is going to be powerful and it's going to encourage you. In fact, I feel like we should probably pray to just uh, welcome uh, God's presence and just open our hearts. So let's pray together. Father, Would you show us today how you are mighty? Would you show us today that Jesus is the one thing that we are all searching for? Would you open our hearts to hear from you today? Let your words speak. God, I pray you would touch my voice, that you would speak through me, and that the only thing people would hear was your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I thought we would begin today with... um, some images. I thought it would be good for us to, to maybe look at some pictures of some common images that we see of Jesus, because um, we're going to go through kind of one at a time. When we think of Jesus, typically we think of him as being calm and peaceful and serene. So the first image here is Jesus with a little baby lamb. How many of you have ever seen a picture like this of Jesus being just very calm and peaceful and serene? The next one we have is, is Jesus with children. This is another very common picture that we, that we see of him. He's known as being, uh, he even said, let the little children come unto me. In fact, at one point, he even said, you can't come to me without faith like a child. So we see Jesus with children all the time, and he always has this lovely flowing hair that's been well manicured, and he looks like he's from the United States instead of from Israel, but that's beside the point. The next one that we see all the time is Jesus praying. This is a very common image. This one is most often from the Garden of Gethsemane, um, which it's funny that this picture looks like he's so peaceful, whereas the image in Scripture, this is right before before Jesus is about to go to the cross, before he has uh, you know, been arrested. And in fact, in this particular moment, I'm assuming this is one of the things this was from, is, you know, he's actually like weeping and he's in anguish. But you know, we typically see Jesus in pictures that look like this, where Jesus is just in complete peace and he has an aura around him. There are some other facets, though, to Jesus that I don't think we often consider, and I thought it would be kind of cool to maybe see some other ones. So this next one here I actually like a lot. 
And this, this is something that I kind of feel like Jesus, you know, if he were with us, like literally in flesh and blood today, I like to think that Jesus would shred a little bit. I like to think that he'd have hobbies. I like to think that Jesus would, would enjoy life, you know? I mean, there's some incredible, we had a great guitar player, Jason, Jason Fry, just does incredible guitar music on stage every Sunday. And we get to hear that. And I feel like it glorifies God. So why would Jesus not be interested in doing the same kind of thing? I mean, but the point of this is that this particular image, it doesn't really, um, this is not who we think of Jesus, right? But I feel like a smile on his face is a good thing. Well, here's another one. How about this one? You guys have heard of YOLO, right? Well, Jesus instead, YOLT. You only live twice. The only guy who's ever done that before. And that's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, with the hipster glasses. I mean, obviously these are jokes and these are funny. But, but this, is, this is not what we would normally think of who Jesus would be. Actually, the next one here, I love this next image here. This one is one of my favorites, and I used to work at a Christian bookstore, and it was very popular when I was a teenager. I love this picture of Jesus. It's called Forgiven, and it's this, just this man who's broken, and he's hurting, and, and uh, this was somewhat of an inspiration for one of the tattoos I have on my arm because it's this, it's this beaten-up man who has nothing left, and Jesus comes to him in his moment of crisis, in his moment of pain, and he lifts him, and it's hope, and it's restoration. And I love this image of Jesus. This is probably one of the, one of the maybe more realistic, ones that I see. He has the nails in his hands. This man right here has the hammer in his hand, representing that we're the ones who put Jesus on the cross. And yet Jesus comes and holds him. I love that image. But what about this one, this last image right here? This one is interesting to me. I don't know if you've ever seen Jesus like this. It's kind of funny because Jesus is like ripped, right? He's got like a six pack and he's like holding up the cross. His lordship. I used to have this t-shirt, by the way. And And it says right here, the sin of the world. So this is Jesus taking the sin of the world on his back, like a man who's just got, you know, muscle. Like he's, and it says, bench press this. Now it's totally cheesy. It's totally silly, right? Jesus is not literally this like ripped, you know, kind of bulky man. But you know what I think about this? Is that even though this is not the typical depiction of Jesus that we would see, like the first images of being peaceful and calm and serene, that does not make it that this image is not true. Because even though Jesus might not literally physically be this like weightlifting sort of an individual, the Bible makes it so clear that he is literally powerful, that the Jesus that we know is mighty, that he is strong. And so today what I wanted to do was talk about mighty God. How is Jesus mighty in our lives? And how does his might impact us? Because I don't think we think about might very often. We don't think about strength very often in our society. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Now, in that verse that we read in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, where it says, Mighty God, last week we examined a little bit of the original language, and I wanted to do the same thing again. So, as Jesus is wisdom, so we talked about last week, the mighty counselor, as he is wisdom, so he is also strength. Now, the word, mighty God, the word for mighty is the Hebrew word, gibor. Can you guys say that with me? Say, gibor. Gibor. Gibor means manly. Oh, man. Manly, like my father-in-law's name is Manly. Literally, it is. That's awesome. It means vigorous. It means a hero. The word Gabor means champion, strong, mighty. Now, the imagery here is of a warrior going to battle, the battlefront, okay? Now, in ancient times, when an army would go out to battle to fight, when they would go out to fight, the king would come with them on the battlefield. And what would happen is, is that when the rival nation or whoever the army was that we're fighting against, 
the king showing up represented the deity of that nation. So in other words, if I'm from country B and I'm fighting against country A, when the, when the king shows up, the, the, the idea was that my nation is now fighting against God himself because the king was there, okay? This is important for us to understand as Christians because we sang this song this morning that said that the same power, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the, from the grave lives inside of us. And what that means in the context of a mighty God means that whenever we face a situation, whenever a struggle or a problem or an issue or some obstacle comes up against us, it is not coming against me or you. It is coming against God himself. You understand that? This is the concept that we see of the mighty God, the warrior God, the, the, the one who, will, who fights our battles. When it says that he is the mighty God, what we're saying is that every situation that comes up against us is actually coming up against God himself fighting for us, fighting for us. The mighty warrior, strong God is fighting for us. Isaiah chapter 42 Verse 13 gives some incredible imagery. There's two passages of Scripture that I believe kind of example, exemplify this type of might and power. Isaiah 42, 13 says, The Lord will march forth like a mighty hero. He will come out like a warrior, full of fury. And he will shout his battle cry and crush all of his enemies. This is the Lord. This is, this is God speaking. The powerful one. Now listen to this in Revelation chapter 19. Verses 11 through 16. This is talking about Jesus when he returns. Listen to this imagery. It says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there, and its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. And from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe at his thigh was written the title, King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Now this is the imagery of the mighty God that we serve. This is who he is. When it says that there shall be a son, a child born, and he will be called mighty God, he is not some weakling. He is not some, some person that just has no ability to help us. We tend to think of him as being peaceful and calm, and it's true that he is, but he is also, he is also power. He is also strength. He is also might. That's important for us to understand because, because I think so many times Christians, they, wanna, they want the love of Jesus. They want the grace of Jesus. They want the mercy of Jesus and they receive it, but they live lives that are held in bondage. They live lives where they feel like they're always taking one inch at a time and never getting victory in their lives. And that happens because they don't believe in a God who is powerful. They believe in a God who is weak. They think that, that he can save you, but that's all he offers. That is not the case. He is a mighty, mighty God. The one that we serve, Jesus Christ, he has the authority and the power to fight our battles for us. And we try so often to fight our own battles. I got this. I don't want to bother God. How many times have I heard people say this? No offense to you ex-Catholics, guys. I hear it all the time. Like, oh, I don't want to pray to God for that. It's not worth his time. That is a lie. 
God loves you and he will fight your battles for you. Do not think that you are so so either strong or proud or maybe even weak or not worth it. You are valuable. You are worth it. There is no threshold to his willingness to serve and love you. Do not fall into that trap. Allow the spirit of God to work on your behalf. And he has the power to crush all opposition against his will. That is the image that we see from these scriptures. It was not some weakling. It is a man who is coming with power and authority to destroy his enemies. I mean, I serve a God who has the ability to take any situation with the flick of his wrist that is immediately changed in his name. That's powerful. And so the big idea of today, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is important. Write this down is this. The might of Jesus can be relied upon to break through all spiritual opposition. I'm going to take a drink and let that sit in. The might of Jesus can be relied upon. Last week we said the counsel of Jesus can be trusted. This week, the might of Jesus can be relied upon to break through all spiritual oppression. Now I mentioned a minute ago that we have a tendency to, to in our society particularly, we don't think of things like strength and might anymore. We are a services nation manufacturing has declined in our country. So most, most jobs are related to services, right? And so we don't think of muscle. We don't think of brawn and power any longer. So I hear the scripture and maybe many of you are thinking, that's great. God is powerful. He's strong. But how does that actually help me in my daily life? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question. And the question I would say is mighty to do what? If he is mighty God, what is he mighty to do? And the first thing I think is that he is mighty to save. Mighty to save. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. Same word, Gabor. Mighty Savior. Strong, warrior, powerful. And here's what that means. Because you're like, okay, that's great. He's mighty to save. I'm already Christian. Uh, Let me tell you what it really means. He is strong enough to overcome sin and death and the grave. Can you do that? No, I can't do that. I have a hard time stopping the things that I know I shouldn't be doing. I have a hard time. I certainly don't have any way of stopping death when it comes knocking for me, right? I have no capabilities to do that, but he is strong enough. You know what else he's strong enough to do? He is mighty enough to offer forgiveness despite the right to judge. I don't know about you, but when I, when I feel righteous in my anger, when I feel justified in something, I tend, to, I tend to wield that judgment. I don't offer forgiveness first. But Jesus has the right to judge every one of us and instead offers forgiveness. That's might. That's power. That is strength. The ability to give something that is undeserved because of love. He is powerful enough to break the chains of addiction and fear and doubt. And Jesus is the only one who is strong enough to walk into darkness, into the territory of the enemy that he has no business being in and take back what is his. And there's this wonderful uh, passage of scripture in the, in the New Testament where Jesus is talking about how, how Satan has power. And, and they actually accused him of being demon-possessed. They said, look at this man who's casting out demons. He's doing it through the power of the devil, the power of demons and Satan. And Jesus goes, why would I do that? If I were, if I were to cast out demons, and I'm a demon myself, or I'm filled with that, I would be dividing it. And then he tells this story in Luke chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. He says, for when a strong man like Satan is fully armed and he guards his palace, his possessions are safe. 
until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of all his weapons, and carries off his belongings. Jesus is the only one strong enough to walk into enemy territory and take back what belongs to him. The lost, the broken, the hurting, those people who are living in such depravity and sin and destruction and horrible habits. Like, you or I have no power, no capability of changing their life at all. The Spirit of God, the mighty God, Jesus Christ alone has the power to break the hold of darkness in lives. He is the only one who can do it. The good news is, is that we have that power living inside of us, which is why we should not fear the darkness, which is why we should be running into the darkness to bring light and hope and salvation to those people. We are powerful. Now here's the deal is that salvation is readily available for everyone. Everyone has salvation available if they want it, but Jesus is the only one powerful enough to provide it. We are all looking for something to save us. I walk up and down Butler Street and I see yoga studios. I see a Krishna center down there. I see all sorts of religious um, and spirituality all over the place. I see people searching for salvation through their jobs and through their finances, trying to find the right, the right relationship. I was just talking to uh, somebody before service today, and her roommate is, is you know, sleeping around with people because she's searching for something. So many people are looking for hope and salvation, but the only thing powerful enough, the only thing mighty enough to provide salvation is Jesus and his love for us. And here's the thing is that Jesus has opened the prison doors. He has broken the chains off of us. And but we have to walk out of them. You know, it's one thing to be held in prison and then and to be free, you have to leave. You can't, you can't just, and so many of us Christians live in this space where God has, we've said yes to Jesus. And it's wonderful. And he's given us salvation. But then he opens the door and swings it wide open and we sit there in the middle of a jail cell and we don't move out of it. The chains that he breaks off of us, the chains of addiction or sin or the things that we struggle with, right? And we have them in our lives and we, we willingly wear them or at worst, we pick them back up again and put the chains on us willingly. How many of you, myself included, have given themselves back to the things that Jesus freed them from? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. We have to make a choice to walk into that salvation that is available to us. He is the only one who can break the chains off of us, but we must choose to walk in freedom. But I love this. He is mighty to save. And even when we willingly put those chains back on again, time and time again, he will free us from those chains if we repent. That's a powerful God. I, I don't know about you. I, I would get tired of it. I would get sick of, of forgiving and offering grace and helping the same thing over and over and over again. Like when my kids, you know, when they come back to me and it's the same mistake over and over and over again, I get frustrated with it. If you're, you're a parent, you understand that. Or if you're at work and you're training somebody, you know, and, 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 and they keep making the same mistake over and over again, it gets frustrating, but not with Jesus. Because if your heart is in the right place, there is never a limit to his salvation. There is never a limit to his grace and his mercy. If we repent, if our heart is right and we're willing, God, I, I keep screwing this up. He says, I love you. Let me help you. And he looks like that man who's being held and Jesus just holds behind him, even though I'm still holding the nails and the hammer in my own hands. It's wonderful. Jesus is mighty to save. The second thing. What is he mighty for? Mighty to do what? He's mighty to save, but he's also mighty for battle. Mighty for battle. Psalm 35, 1 through 3. I love this. Oh, Lord, oppose those who oppose me. 
fight those who fight against me. Put on your armor and take up your shield. Prepare for battle. He's talking to God here. And come to my aid. Lift up your spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Let me hear you say, I will give you victory. See, I think we have a tendency to, to, to want to know Jesus because it gives us a ticket to heaven. And that's what we all want. We all want salvation. But Jesus didn't simply come so that one day we might go to heaven. He actually came to give us victory and breakthrough and, 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 and success in life today. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to be rich. I'm not saying that everything you put your hand to is going to be good. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, but I am telling you that we are not to be wimps. We are not to be losers in the kingdom. We are called to be conquerors. The Bible says that I am more than victorious. We are more than conquerors. That doesn't sound like people who whine and complain about how their lives suck all the time. No, because Jesus came to give us victory and power. And he is called Emmanuel, God with us, because he wants to live life with us. He walks with us. He is mighty in every situation. When we walk with him, when we carry him along with us, the mighty power of God has the capability to transform every situation that we find ourselves in. He wants us to live in victory and not in defeat. It's wonderful what God is doing in our lives. He cares about our struggles, and he is with us when we're being attacked. And make no mistake, there are spiritual forces at work in our lives seeking to destroy you. And you might feel like that's weird. I don't know if I wanted to come to church and hear about spirits. Well, who do you think we're praising? We're praising a God who is supernatural. And with that, there are enemies that go with it. I'm not trying to, to, uh, to belittle you or anything. All I'm saying to you is that I have experienced this in my life. There are spiritual forces that are at work. There are things that happen in my life and around this church and in our communities and at my job and in your life that are not explained by just simply people behaving. Things happen in the spirit realm. There is a realm beyond our world, and there is nothing that we can do. We are no match for the evil powers that seek to destroy us except by the mighty power of Jesus Christ living within us. That is the only thing that can help us. Now, this verse is both a prayer and a declaration. He comes to God and he says, God, I've got these guys who are opposing me. I've got this problem. I have these situations and I don't know what to do. You fight for me. You fight those who are fighting me. You oppose those who are fighting me. He is requesting. He's coming to God. He's asking for help. But we have to do that. So often we want to take care of our own problems. And where does that get us most of the time? Into deeper trouble, more problems. Last week we said if we would just seek Jesus' counsel the first time, he would give us the wisdom that we need to see perfectly beyond it, beyond our situations. And if we ask him, God, I need your power. I need you to break through in my life in this situation, in this thing, that he will come to us. But it's also a declaration. He's, He's not just asking for God's help. He's believing in faith that God will do it. Listen to that last line. Let me hear you say, I will give you victory. That is not a man who is coming groveling before the king. Last week we had that verse of scripture that said, come boldly before the throne of God, our gracious God. There is power when we come to God. And we have to have faith. We need to stand and say, I declare that this situation will not get the best of me. I declare that God's word says that I am more than victorious, that I am more than a conqueror, that he will break through, that the Lord will fight my battles. So the next time you come to church on a Sunday and you sing that song, you know, and the Lord is fighting our battles, when you sing that, now you understand why we're singing it. Because we're declaring in faith 
that he is going to do something that we cannot do. Right now you're sitting here thinking about some situation in your life. This bill that, can't, that you don't have the money for. Your car is broken down. You don't know how you're going to get out of this relationship where the, the situation with your marriage or with your kids is dire or you're facing perhaps even bankruptcy or, or something like uh, being evicted or you're going to lose your job or you don't have a job or whatever it might be. And I'm telling you that right now in this place, you have to declare that the Lord your God, mighty God, Jesus Christ, is willing to fight on your behalf. But you must request and you must declare. You have to walk with him. He, re- he just asks for participation. He asks for obedience. He is willing to fight our battles. We must seek his help, but we have to declare our faith. Because our faith will declare, our faith will give us breakthrough. And here's one last thing before we kind of finish off today is that it's important for us to celebrate the victories. One, because it helps us remember. When you celebrate something, it kind of marks a moment. When you know that God has done something for you, big or small, it's important for you to celebrate it. Get on Facebook and share what God has done in your life. If the people who are involved in that situation see a dramatic difference of something that happened, tell them what God did and give him the glory for it. Do not steal God's attention. Do not steal God's glory and his, his, uh, what he deserves from it. And even in church today, as I said earlier today, I don't know why I felt like God was saying, I want to heal someone today. I want to break through someone's situation today. And perhaps that hasn't happened for you yet, or maybe it did. I want you to say that. I want you to tell somebody that. Even right now, I mean, could you imagine? Can you imagine if, like, your arm was broken, and all of a sudden, just while I'm preaching, I'm not even thinking about you, your arm was just miraculously healed? You would be so elated. What you should do is say, I'm saying, God just healed me. We're after church today. If something happens, you get a check in the mail or some breakthrough happens in your finances, call me. Let me know. Like celebrate what God does because I'm telling you, when you celebrate it, then you begin to expect more of it. And you begin to see that God does more things in your life. You're paying attention now because he does all sorts of things in our lives and we forget about it or we overlook it. God is always working on our behalf in the big things and the small things. But there's a passage of scripture that talks about the talents and these guys who were given money and, and then the master went away, and, and, and two of the guys invested the money and made more of it, and the last guy just hid it. He was afraid to step into faith and, and didn't do anything with it. So the master comes back and sees that these two guys over here made a profit and did something with what God gave them, with the, what their master gave them, and this guy didn't, and he was upset with the guy who didn't. But the moral of the story here is that Jesus says to those who, who, who have a little bit and use a little bit, more will be given. To those who, have, who, who take what's been given to them and they use it wisely, they'll give even more. And that's how it begins with us. Maybe you are waiting for something huge, some big breakthrough in your life, but you have not been faithful to give God glory for the little things that he's done in your life. And you have to begin somewhere. Start looking at your life and seeing what God has done for you and celebrate what he has done. And you come back to him and you say, God, I, I need this victory in my life. I need this breakthrough in my life. And then you say, and I'm going to praise you because I know you're going to give it. And when he does give it, then you lift up his name and you let the entire world see it and watch how he does miracles in your life. But you can't expect a huge miracle if you don't even believe he's going to touch the little things. You have to start somewhere. Let's celebrate what God can do. The might of Jesus can be relied upon to break through all spiritual opposition. We're going to do something a little bit different as I close out my message. I've been thinking a lot about how just to apply these messages. and I'm, So I'm going to do something new in my messages. And we're going to start taking our three E's. You guys, many of you have seen our, um, our uh, poster that we have, kind of like a banner that says, 
experience God, explore faith, and express publicly. These are the, the things that we feel like God has called us to do as a church. And I feel like it's applicable for us to apply them. Let's put them up on the screen here. This is what we're going to do every week. Take this message, and how do we do these things? How can I experience this mighty God in my life? How can I experience this on a regular basis? And I would say to you is get out of the way and put your trust in God. That's where it begins. If I want to experience God's might, God's power, if I want to see him fight for me on my behalf like his word promises, we have to get out of the way. we got to take our hands off the wheel to stop trying to control everything and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm trusting you. I'm going to walk behind you. I'm going to listen when you speak to me and trust it. And then you will see God's mighty faithfulness, his hand work at you. I encourage you to try that out this week, to begin experiencing this principle, this principle, experiencing that, get out of the way and put your trust in God. How can I explore this more? How can I find more information about this, this might, this provision, this ability that God has to fight for us? Write these down if you're taking notes. I would encourage you to read 2 Chronicles 20, as well as 2 Chronicles 32, 7 through 8. Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. These are great passages of scripture that are encouraging. If you want to explore this deeper, you want to say, I don't want to just take your word for it, Pastor Jared. I want to see what God's word says. Read those passages. Do a Google search on, on the mightiness of God and God's faithfulness, and you'll see a lot more scriptures as well. These are powerful. Explore them. Declare them in your life. To explore this faith, God will take you deeper. And the last thing, how do we express this? What can I begin doing today to live this out? And I would say declare God's might in prayer and in song and celebrate victory. When you come to church on Sunday, let's begin to sing and declare in faith. When we pray, we're praying not like David did. You're praying in a request, but you're also declaring God's goodness in your life. And when we sing songs in worship and during the week on Spotify or on a CD player or at church, we want to sing in faith and declare it, and then we want to celebrate what God has done. When you come to church on a Sunday or when you're out throughout the week, remember what God has done and sing worship and praise to him. And that is when you begin to see God work even in mightier and mightier ways in your life. So what we're going to do today, we're going to finish with something a little bit different. We're going to watch a video of a song called Mighty Warrior by Elevation Church. I want you to listen to the lyrics. I want you to just pay attention. We're going to pull the lights down, and we're going to listen to this song, and then I'm going to come right up afterwards and close us out. But listen and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you as he encourages you. And then in that space, just begin to just declare. Sing along with him if you want to where the words are going. But let's start this video, and then in a moment we'll come back and close out our service. But let's worship together.
stand with me? Yes, God, we lift up your name. You are worthy of praise. We sing out to you, God. You are worthy of all praise. You are victorious. You have conquered death forever. There is nothing that, that is too powerful or too strong for you. And we declare that your name is power. You are the exalted one. We lift you up. And God, would you teach us? Would you teach us to follow your son, Jesus? Would you teach us to, to, to live our lives in declaration of faith? That, that there is victory for us. Let us not live like we are hiding behind trees and underneath rocks, but instead that we would stand up in confidence that the mighty God fights for us, that you care about our situations and our circumstances, the things that we have no control over. I willingly now take my hands off of those things and I say, Jesus, you are the mighty God and I now give you control. You have the authority. You take them. You fight my battles. You work through those situations. And right now, I speak healing. I declare healing in the name of Jesus Christ. That if there are bodies in here that are broken, that in the power of God, right now, they would be healed. I pray that financial situations would be broken. I pray that addictions would be demolished in the name of Jesus. I pray that identity would be restored in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would be the God of all gods, like that word says, that you would be the King of all kings and the Lord above all lords. God, show yourself as mighty. Show yourself as powerful in our lives. And God, I pray that the situations that we face, that those things would be so dramatically altered that you would get all the glory. That you would show yourself not just of a God of barely enough or just enough, but instead you would smash through everything that is holding us back. Whatever situations they are, we declare in faith in Jesus' name that those things will have breakthrough. I want to remind you just of our big idea today. That's a declaration. The might of Jesus can be replied upon to break through all spiritual opposition. He can be trusted. Declare the name of Jesus in your situation. Declare it. and Walk in faith. Father, as we go from this place, bless us. Seal this word inside of our hearts and let us begin to walk in it. Let us celebrate even the smallest of victories today. We love you and we're thankful for what you're doing in our hearts. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.